0: Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the Average Consumer's Guide to Cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and I remember when I was a kid, back in the 80s, my parents bought the Encyclopedia Britannica, the volumes, the glossy paper, the nice pictures, the binding. It was beautiful, and I read every single volume, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and so on. Probably cost them over $1,000. And something happened in the 90s. A CD-ROM called Encarta came out. And our encyclopedia that was downstairs in our family room sort of didn't get opened much anymore. And then something else happened. It went online. And it went into Wikipedia. So now anywhere, anytime, I can look up and get information about almost every topic. But there's another evolution. And the evolution of the encyclopedia from books to CD-ROMs to online has now hit the blockchain and to tell us all about that evolution we have the co-founder of wikipedia and the current cio of Everpedia on the show right now dr larry sanger and he's going to tell us all about the evolution of information of the encyclopedia and its evolution to the blockchain but before we get into that conversation go to wherever you listen to your podcast make sure you subscribe leave us a comment and a rating it helps us stay visible. Also, please tell your friends and family about Crypto 101. Tell them about this episode because I know they all had an encyclopedia experience at one point in their life. And I also want to say thank you to the Patreons. Patreons, thank you very much for supporting Crypto 101 for the last year or so. And if you want to become a patron, please go to patreon.com, Crypto 101 and help out the show. And before we get into the show, remember that this is not legal advice, financial advice or personal advice. And I also want to say thank you to Audible for sponsoring this episode. Now without further ado, the evolution of the encyclopedia with Dr. Larry Singer, co-founder of Wikipedia. Dr. Larry Sanger, ex-co-founder of Wikipedia and CIO of Everpedia, Welcome to Crypto 101, sir. Hey, thanks for having me on. Sir, we met the other day when we were at the spatial conference uh, hosted by XYO and we hit it off. We We were chatting a little bit. I saw you on the panel. I think you saw me speak as well and we decided to hop on a podcast. So I'm very happy you are here today. Thank you for your time, sir. And you have such a huge history of being in the information space uh wikipedia everybody knows wikipedia wikipedia has evolved from in many different aspects you started other iterations of encyclopedias online and then now they're going to everpedia but before we get into that whole evolution of encyclopedias online and now on the blockchain Let's talk about yourself. Can you just give us a brief history of Larry?
1: Okay, Um, I'm actually, although I live in Ohio now, I'm pretty much a West Coast guy. Both my parents are from the LA area and I was born in in Washington state and grew up in uh, Anchorage, Alaska went to college at uh, Reed College in Portland, Oregon. And then I I made my way to Ohio for grad school. And uh, from the age of about 17, I thought I'm going to be a college professor uh, of philosophy. I I wanted to write a great system of philosophy. Uh, I still would like to do that, but there isn't a lot of money in it. And it isn't that popular of a thing to do for academics anyway. And uh, when I got down to the the nuts and bolts of, of actually making myself a college professor, I discovered that there are things about it that I just didn't like at all. So I gave up on that and I started casting around for different things to do with my life and I hit upon basically a a web editor or maybe just somebody who starts websites. And that's what I ended up doing, basically. The first job that I had working online was something called Sanger's Review of Y2K News Reports. Hmm. Yeah, and it was like one of the leading uh, sources for news about the millennium bug. And basically it was when I was rolling that down and thinking of transforming it into what is now called a blog, it wasn't even called – blogs weren't even – Called Hmm. that back then, the very beginning of um, 2000. I uh, shared a a little project proposal with various uh, acquaintances, and one of them was uh, Jimmy Wales. And Jimmy Wales said, Well, why don't you uh, come and work for me um, starting an encyclopedia? Basically, we need an editor in chief that's going to get the whole thing going. Um, We've already got the domain name, it's newpedia.com. And he really didn't have anything, well, he had very little else to give me in terms of direction. He did say I should read uh, "The Cathedral and the Bazaar" by Eric Raymond, which is something I still tell people who are in the crypto space because it's very relevant. And uh, it's an essay, and and uh, basically study how the open source software community works and um, the the first iteration of free encyclopedias that we started was Newpedia. And to make a long story sh- short, it was the slowness of that that led to really thinking outside of the box. And and essentially, uh, I proposed to start a wiki encyclopedia. And Jimmy Wales thought it was a, an idea worth trying. Initially, it was just going to be a new content stream for Newpedia. But Within months, most of the people who are working on Wikipedia were not even thinking about Newpedia at all. Hmm. And uh, it just took on a, a life of its own. And uh, the rest,
0: as they say, is history. So going, going back to a couple of things that you said in your introduction is, uh, first, you're a PhD in philosophy. Hmm? I know how hard it is to get a PhD in philosophy. It's a lot right. of reading, a lot of writing, a lot of thinking, a lot of meeting your advisors. It's a disaster. What didn't you like about being a professor? I mean, I personally hmm. still want to be a professor. I'm finishing up my master's degree. I really want to start teaching in the community college level and then get my PhD to go get into university level. What What hmm. was it that you just said, Nah, this isn't for me?
1: Well, what got me into philosophy in the first place was a, a personal conviction that the most important thing in life really is to discover the truth, to know the truth. And implicit in that notion is I was after truths that matter. And I carried that notion about philosophy with me throughout my philosophical education as the issues became more and more narrow and the philosophers became more difficult to read and arcane and not very relevant to the the great questions of philosophy. And when I went to my first academic conferences and saw what people, as it were, live for in, in terms of their career, This is just not for me. Writing about the minutiae of the latest theory on, you know, some question that I might not even care about because it has all kinds of assumptions that I don't share. Well, it was just extremely Mm -hmm. off-putting.
0: Understand, understand. Jimmy Wales, you mentioned, is the other co-founder of Wikipedia. Is that correct? That's right. All right. right. Because we dropped a name. Just want to make sure all the listeners know who Jimmy Wales is. So, you started with Newpedia, and then from your wiki page, <laughs> I don't know, I should have read the Everpedia white page, but the wiki page <laughs> was mm-hmm. Newpedia, then Citizendium, and then there was a Wikipedia. Can you tell us the evolution of those different iterations of an encyclopedia online? And while we're talking about sure. that, what was wrong with the encyclopedia, the Encyclopedia Britannica, the one I had in my house that had 24 volumes? It was great, I loved it. Why do we go uh-huh. online?
1: Well, let's uh, let's start with the latter question then. The problem that we had with Britannica was, first, it's not free. You have to pay for it. And second, when we were getting it started, I, I'm not even sure that uh, Britannica was, you know, had anything free to read online. Beyond that, it's not the kind of thing that the ordinary person can contribute to. And there's so much knowledge in the brains of regular people and just regular academics and intellectuals around the world that limiting the authorship of an encyclopedia to just the people that the Britannica company can afford to pay is just a a huge missed opportunity. And we proved that basically by showing that if you open up the floodgates to everyone to contribute, then you're going to get millions of articles instead of tens of thousands. I think that's the main big difference, I guess, and the the reason that Wikipedia is – or the way in which Wikipedia is better than Britannica. Of course, I don't think it's better in every respect.
0: Oh, that's a good question then. First, let's talk about the evolution from Newpedia to Citizenium to Wikipedia. Why was there different evolutions? Were they just different companies or was was it actual uh, an evolution of putting information online?
1: Okay, I'll, I'll speak about it in terms of evolution, sure. So, the first project was Newpedia, and there we didn't at first know much about what it was going to be, and we decided it should be. Uh, very carefully edited with multiple editorial steps to ensure accuracy. And we thought that people would just line up to participate and go through the system because it's just such an awesome idea. Well, not that many people, a lot of people were interested in participating, but not enough people were interested in actually doing the work of getting articles through a seven-step process, which is what it was. So, Wikipedia basically stripped everything down to the bare bones of putting words into an article and then added the very important significant feature of allowing people to edit each other's words in real time and and storing an edit history so it's easy to, to roll back bad edits and so forth. It ended up working pretty well, but uh, the problem that I had with the Wikipedia community and the project is that essentially, well, let's put it this way. I made an ultimatum to Jimmy Wales at the beginning of 2003, and I said – There are too many bad actors in the community that are just driving off a lot of good people. Mm -hmm. And the people that we're losing most in droves are the intellectuals who are really, you know, they make it their life's work to know things, to advance knowledge. And those people are being driven off. And I said, we really also need to make some sort of low-key role for them in the system. And Jimmy Wales denied that there was a problem, and he rejected the proposal. And he was also not behind another thing that I was proposing, which was to have an article rating system. And both of those things were, were basically rejected by him. And, and I still think that Wikipedia suffers from those issues. So I was hired by a company called ManyOne, and it's some iteration of that company still exists. Um, but uh, I, was, I was actually working for something called the Digital Universe Foundation, and we were going to create a new kind of encyclopedia. But the only thing that really came out of that was another uh, specialized wiki encyclopedia called the Encyclopedia of Earth. So I, I can say that in 2005, I, I helped Get that off the ground. I was wasn't anything like an editor in chief, but I helped do some of the initial planning. Basically, the the people behind that project were not putting the time and giving me the authority. Essentially, to get the encyclopedia started, I basically went off on my own and started something called Citizendium. And Citizendium is basically a, a wiki encyclopedia that requires the use of real names. And it does make a, a place for experts in the system. They don't control the proceedings. They work shoulder to shoulder with everybody else. But they do have the right to approve of articles, to declare them versions of articles as, um, as expert approved. Mm-hmm. And since then, and actually before that, even I consulted with various encyclopedia projects. I'm not going to list them all. It was not until the uh, September of last year that I went to work on yet another encyclopedia as an employee. And this time it was uh, Everpedia. And the, the big evolution in this case is we are putting encyclopedias on the blockchain.
0: We're going to get into Everpedia in a minute of how the blockchain works with data, with knowledge, with information. But a couple of questions came from that was, why did Jimmy not agree with your ideas at the time? What was it about, like, why why not have a rating system? What was his justification for this?
1: I think the main thing was that what I was arguing for was something that the loudest people in the community were not behind. And he tended to listen to those people, Um, not necessarily the people who I would consider to be most reasonable, but the people who basically created the most drama. I think he has this project management method that according to which basically you listen to the contributors, and you do whatever it is that they say they want. And it keeps them happy. And uh, if they're happy, then the the project will thrive. And there's something to that, right? I mean, um, I agree with that to a very great extent. And that actually is one of the principles that I bring to my own projects. But there's a difference between that and listening to the people who create the most drama in your project. Right. So, yeah. You said that Wikipedia isn't as good
0: as traditional encyclopedias in some ways. What are those ways?
1: There's a couple of problems in terms of of the quality of articles. One is that because Wikipedia articles are written by a lot of different people, and they have to negotiate with each other, and it's just increasingly difficult to to um, make significant changes uh, or making changes on articles that few people care about. Basically, those those people they can get their way, and sometimes the way that they that they get is uh, doesn't bear any resemblance to the mainstream view of the subject. So that's that's part of the problem. Uh, another part of the problem is that there is no narrative flow to articles. In other words, a, an article that's written by a single person can be crafted with a with a structure makes the different parts of the article hang together so that it's complete in a certain sense. Whereas an article that is uh, constructed by a lot of different people with radically different Uh, visions of the subject it ends up being kind of a Frankenstein monster and so that's why Wikipedia is a great place to look up specific pieces of information and going straight to a particular paragraph that you're interested in and reading it and looking at the sources. But when's the last time you or anybody has read a long Wikipedia article from beginning to end? I mean, maybe you did when you looked at the at the article about me. <laughs> I don't know. I,
0: I have to say that I commonly do read the whole article. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? Oh wow! I, I, okay. I do. I'm, I do. I'm but, da, but
0: I am also I am also um, a master student, so I, I do read the whole thing if I'm going to be there to sure. see what's going on. And so it's different, but I understand like the average person will click through it, like maybe just go to Wiki and see the population of France and then or the capital of of wherever. Um, and you know, just click through it in that way.
1: Right. But the point is that the problem that I have is that it's difficult to read the articles all the way through precisely because they don't have a sort of narrative flow. My opinion.
0: And now a word from our sponsor. Could listening make you a better person, a better parent, a better leader? could listening to motivating fitness programs get you fit? Could listening inspire you to start something new? there's never been a better time to start listening on audible with audible you can get access to unbeatable selections of audiobooks including the best sellers motivations mysteries thrillers biographies and autobiographies and more audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet right now and with audible originals the selection has gotten even more custom with content made for the members me personally on audible i love listening to carl sagan's contact you can hear a great story about first contact with an alien race or Eckhart Tolle's power of now where you can learn how to be a better person by connecting yourself in the present audio members can choose three titles every month one audiobook and two audible originals you can't hear anywhere else audible members also get access to exclusive audio fitness programs to start the new year off on the right foot listen on any device anytime anywhere at home at the gym or on your commute so get started with a 30-day trial when you go to audible.com slash crypto or text crypto to 500500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com slash C-R-Y-P-T-O or text C-R-Y-P-T-O to 500500 for your 30-day trial. Enjoy listening to great books with Audible and enjoy listening to the rest of Crypto 101. Now back to the show. So a big problem with Wikipedia is that it's not accepted by academia. Wikipedia is huge. I think it's the go-to for anything when you search information online. It's Google and Wiki or you Wiki and Google it. Uh, Who knows? But this is the place you go. How can the next evolution Start answering some of these problems that we just discussed when it comes to uh, like the rating system we, Is Everpedia going to include that? Is the structure going to be crafted on, in the future? Is academia going to accept this new evolution of the online information source? How are we moving to the future and what is Everpedia going to do?
1: Well... Basically, in short, Everpedia is aiming to solve all of those problems, and uh, I I can explain uh, with each of the things that you mentioned uh, how we're going to do it. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's get down to it.
0: Everpedia is Wikipedia on the blockchain. Why do you need Everpedia on the blockchain?
1: The reason that Sam Kazmian and the other principals at Everpedia had in mind what sort of got them onto the the idea in the first place is they wanted to motivate people to participate and giving them ownership and giving them a way to actually work into something of monetary value by working on the encyclopedia by actually sharing the value that is created when they work on an encyclopedia is basically how it ought to be and so there's a huge motivation factor that's one big advantage that blockchain encyclopedias will have over traditional wiki encyclopedias. that we will continue to have that sort of collaboration. We can continue to be a wiki, but we're actually going to be co-owners in something. We will actually be earning tokens for uh, the work that we do. And that's pretty huge. The thing that really excites me, it all stems from the fact that the blockchain is decentralized. It decentralizes The writing of an encyclopedia. And that means that you don't actually have to negotiate with the Wikipedia community or even the Everpedia community. You don't have to negotiate with the community at at all to participate in the encyclopedia. You will be able to submit an article that you wrote on Medium or that you wrote for Britannica or, or wherever other publishers will be able to uh, contribute. And we will be, as I have said in the past, will be the, uh, the superset encyclopedia the greater wiki that encompasses all of the encyclopedia articles. So why should it be the case that if you want to work on the biggest, most important encyclopedia On Earth, you should have to negotiate with that small group of kind of weird people that work on Wikipedia. Why should you have to do that?
0: (laughs) I hope they're not listeners of Crypto 101, the weird wiki people. I I apologize, guys.
1: (laughs) That's okay. I'm weird myself. So. That's quite all right. So, um,
0: so we have it on the on the blockchain to incentivize people to take part into it, and also decentralize it so everybody can add into it without negotiating with the weird people in the in the center. What about mm-hmm. the quality then of of Everpedia? How do we bridge that gap of, in it is a gap. If anybody who has been in a university chair and wanted to write a paper and got all their information from Wiki and then can't use it, it sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> so how do we bridge that? Gap? Have from academia to uh, in, to the online encyclopedia
1: sure there's a couple of things to say there too the first is if you want to contribute to an EOS blockchain, which is what uh, Everpedia is, you actually have to stake a certain amount of tokens. So the way that our staking mechanism works is you actually have to put up a small amount of IQ tokens and you lose those tokens if your edit is rejected by the community. So that means that although we have, and, and I hope we'll continue to have a low bar of admission to get information into the Everpedia network, We certainly do have standards such as no copyright infringement, no libel, no threats, things like that, right? Okay, so then that's a sort of baseline level of quality that's baked into the blockchain system that isn't baked into Wiki system. Now we get to the part that kind of gets me excited and the reason that I got on board with Everpedia. So let me just back up to about 2015 and explain this Greater Wiki idea that I had. So, for over a decade after permanently cutting ties with Wikipedia, I have been thinking about different ways of improving on the Wikipedia model. And uh, to make a long story short, I Hit upon what I think is a a superior model about 2015. The idea is imagine that we simply collect all the encyclopedia articles in the world, we put them in a database or at least links to them in a database and allow everyone to rate the articles. So then you can imagine going to an article or a page rather about God and seeing a half a dozen. Maybe a few dozen articles about God there, written from all different points of view, and it would be possible to rate them. You picked
0: a very small uh, topic there for your example, uh, God, yeah? Yeah. <laughs>
1: and, and just imagine that we announced that we are going to be allowing the world to give their own independent reviews or ratings, anyway, of all of the contents of Wikipedia and all the other encyclopedia articles in the world, that would be kind of huge news. I don't think anyone has done that, and I've certainly never done that. Mm -hmm. Then the idea is, what if we enable people to uh, volunteer information about themselves, their nationality, their sex, their politics, their religion, their college major, All kinds of different things, right? And then imagine ranking and re-ranking the articles about God according to whether a person is a Christian versus a Jew or a Muslim or an atheist, French versus American, Mm -hmm. women versus men. It would be fascinating, actually, to see what would come up on top according to, interestingly, different groups, right? And then, of course... One of the kinds of groups would be expert groups, right? There could be professional organizations and academic organizations. There could be the faculties of university departments. And it would be really fascinating to see what those different groupings of people think are the best articles about their areas of expertise. And again, this has never existed before. And if it were properly set up, then it would be, I think, one of those things where or if you build it, they will come.
0: Can information be decentralized like this? And my first question is, is you're staking your tokens to edit an article. And you you said that the community can accept it or reject it and you lose your money. There's two things like one, what if you are an expert, but you're not confident on the community? How do you know that? How do you have the confidence as an, an editor to stake a monetary value to make an edit, not knowing the actual process of evaluation of your work? It could be like, like you said, you're editing something on a Hindu god, and a Christian uh, community votes it down. Yeah, that, that's just that's just one one example. And, and
1: sure, sure. Let me clarify that we are going to have, as I said, uh, are really um, minimal standards about what should be allowed in the Everpedia network. We are going to support multiple articles on different topics. That means there has to be support for lots of different points of view. That No, there can't be a privileged point of view, and we can't have stringent editorial standards. To say that is basically to commit to not being decentralized the only way to be fully decentralized is if you're wide open to a huge array of points of view and that means considering that most points of view for most people are points of view that they reject <laughs> um, at least when it comes to the big questions uh, when it comes to God for example you don't agree with most points of view I can pretty much guarantee that right and you would reject an article written from a point of view that is foreign to you Mm -hmm. we don't want the decisions to be made based on you know community sentiments at all we want this to be open to all different communities and then what we're going to do is we're just going to have the rating data as metadata that lives on the blockchain but that it doesn't run the blockchain if if you see what i'm saying
0: Mm -hmm. how are you going to convince academia to allow you to use this as a reference
1: Ah, well. I mean, first of all, most academics, if they're like me, and I think most of them are, they uh, don't want you to cite encyclopedia articles no matter how good they are hmm. in your academic work of course you can use them as as references in the sense that you you know read the article to get a, a bit of background in the subject absolutely but uh, you know why would an academic support everpedia as a source of articles well because while a lot of the articles on a subject in uh, everpedia might be no good according to the expert the expert also knows that he or she and their friends have gotten together and basically identified what the best articles are, right? So if you want to learn about the cosmological argument for the existence of God, then in the fullness of time, there will be at least dozens, I imagine, professors of philosophy who specialize in philosophy of religion, and they will have basically identified what the best article on the subject is. Then they'll say, yeah, well, just go and find the expert-approved article on uh, the cosmological argument and that's what your professor might tell you.
0: Got it. Got it. Last question about Everpedia before we go into general questions is how are you going to make that change, that flip to have a vast amount of resources on the site? Are you going to hire a lot of people to do entries, incentivize Wikipedia weirdos to come over there and start writing for Everpedia?
1: Well, first of all, although we have added uh, a million articles of our own to the initial articles that we forked from Wikipedia. Most of our articles are, in, in fact, for, from Wikipedia. We, we haven't been refreshing them lately, but that's something that we're committed to doing. And my prediction is that we're going to have that feature by the end of next year. So we're going to basically import the, the latest Wikipedia versions of articles to the blockchain pretty soon. So if you want to look at the latest uh, Wikipedia article, uh, you'll be able to do it via Everpedia, but you'll be able to do it alongside a lot of other articles articles as well you know basically the way that you get people to switch to a new system is you convince them that it's a better system and i think we can do that not only will people be able to unlock value for themselves basically earn tokens by writing and editing articles in the system uh, which I think is going to be a, a pretty important motivator. But the, the whole idea that Everpedia will play host to a new kind of intellectual competition And we're going to be at the center of it. If you want to write a better article on a subject than exists in Wikipedia or anywhere else, we will be the place to do it. And if it really is better, it will leap over the other articles quickly. And, you know, you won't have to do any sort of SEO in order to get to the top of the rankings. It will be based on matters of merit, according to the people that you care about.
0: I, I think so, that I, I lied about the last question. This is the last question. New, okay. <laughs> New yeah. Newpedia, uh, Citizendium, the traditional encyclopedias—they're all gone. They're—they're they're not there anymore. But why will Everpedia or this idea of of an encyclopedia on the blockchain persist into the future?
1: Well, you know, Newpedia and Citizendium um, are both going to live on in Wikipedia and in Everpedia. So they're all part of a movement that continued. Right, uh, and began in two thousand, or you you might even say before that, uh, there was a a number of other proposals for free public participatory encyclopedias from the 1990s and um, i I sort of view all of those as part of of a single movement, and I just think of uh, Everpedia as basically the next step in the evolution of that so
0: there's three things I wanna to touch on for the general questions is the first one is you wrote a blog or a paper entitled Humanity's Coming Enlightenment. Hmm. But this was back in two thousand seven. I'm wondering yeah. if your work now with Everipedia or or whatever you've been doing for the past 12 years, do you think humanity's enlightenment is embodied with the blockchain in the crypto space? Um, because I think the, the I think I think the general yeah. overall idea of the article was humanity's enlightenment coming with a connectivity, decentralization, and and information. If that was correct.
1: Yeah, you're right, and uh, I I hadn't thought about that article in a long time. Basically, I think that. Blockchain represents the culmination of the uh, open source and open content movements of file sharing, of just the decentralization and cheap publishing that are are inherent in the internet itself. To that, the blockchain uh, enables us to organize uh, efforts around protocols that don't require central authorities. The way I think about it is the internet basically enabled us to connect to each other with just the the bare purpose of sharing information, communication, and and, uh, individual publishing. But the great thing about it was that you could get online and become one of those publishers from a a, a zillion different points. And in the same way now, what governed the, the whole thing, made it all possible, was the protocols that run the Internet. Basically, blockchains are ad hoc protocols for particular uses. And, like in the case of Everpedia, the particular use is collecting encyclopedia uh, articles. And I think that basically that is going to bring about a kind of enlightenment that, I mean, already with the internet, the, the internet has to be one of the, the biggest reasons why we have seen exploding literacy rates and exploding participation in formerly first world economies from all around the world. because training of people has been made possible by the internet. Well, this is going to make it possible for us to surface in the most efficient way possible, the best of our knowledge on every subject and in every different category of content. One of the problems that we have with the internet now is while we've got an enormous quantity of content, we don't have any reliable way of uh, sifting through it all to get uh, the best quality so google just doesn't do the job very well and i think that basically we're going to be using blockchains to fill the gap and that is going to make people a lot smarter
0: you know crypto 101 is the 101 stop for a lot of things crypto and it's quite possible that this is the first Podcast or interview that somebody new getting into the space will be listening to, and they're like, "Ooh, co founder of Wikipedia, and we'll see what he has to say about everything. What would you tell them? Well, if that first person was listening to you, and this was the first conversation about the crypto space, what would advice or or a nugget of knowledge or <laughs> a warning? What would you tell these guys?
1: I would tell them that there are boatload of fantastic videos and podcasts, but I, I learned uh, about it from watching a number of videos on YouTube. I remember uh, some from the EOS guys. And you really have to dive deep and think hard about the concepts before you can really get it. You don't have to be an expert in cryptography or or law or entrepreneurship or any of the different things that touch on crypto, but uh, you do definitely have to sit down and sort of do your homework and like just think it through. Okay, what exactly? So a blockchain, it's a chain of blocks and the blocks are connected via hashes. What the heck is a hash? And you just have to um, get exposure to all of the different concepts and then it'll all come together. And if you do that, then your your knowledge is going to be a lot firmer and you'll be less likely to get spooked that you know this is all just smoke and mirrors
0: larry before i ask this uh, last question i want to say thank you very much for coming on the show thank you very much for an hour of your time and well, I was really happy to meet you, talk to you the multiple times that we did speak. And and I don't know about you, you're I think you're 50 years old. Says your Wikipedia article. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. That's correct.
0: I'm I'm 39, and even though we have 11 years between us, I am still amazed that I'm able to talk to somebody in Columbus via a video and, and record their voice. It's 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 weird. Damn, young people are taking this for granted. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. Um, I appreciate that. I'm just another guy online. I have have never changed my attitude from the time I first got online. So talking to me now would be just like talking to me 15 years ago.
0: Last question for the day, sir. What three songs yeah. would you like on the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, most of the people who are in crypto... They seem to like things like... Um,
0: what do you listen to? <laughs> if you're driving from Columbus to Cleveland, what would be on your playlist?
1: Okay. Um, it would probably be just like some unaccompanied fiddle music. Something that I, I really loved listening to, like one of my favorite song songs, would be The Jug of Punch by Alten. Okay. That is just a beautiful song. I don't know. I I might say the spirits of wine by John Doherty. That might be another one. Oh, and then then I I, I might uh, listen to Rimsky Korsakov Scheherazade. All right,
0: excellent. I'm gonna throw those on the Spotify playlist. We asked this question because want to get to know you a little bit, and who knows that Larry likes unaccompanied fiddle music. There you go. Oh,
1: I play it, man. Oh, you I, do. I, yeah, I made I made a living teaching fiddle for a little while.
0: all right now you know i'm going straight to uh youtube to find some uh youtube videos of you fiddling
1: you you'll find them too
0: yeah awesome awesome larry thank you very much for this conversation and you have a great night sir
1: okay you too thank you all right bye-bye
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Larry, if you're listening, thank you very much for coming on the show. And if you want to know more about the history of this episode, the background information behind the scenes, please go to our YouTube channel, Crypto 101 with Matthew Aaron, and I'll have a video up within a couple days. In our next episodes of Crypto 101, we have a couple great shows. We have the 23andMe dilemma. What do they do with your DNA and what do they do with your DNA data? And can blockchain help? We talked to Dr. David Copsell and he's going to tell us all about DNA, data, the law, the history behind it, operations, and much more. And we also have Baseball the Blockchain, a story of how a professional baseball player quit professional baseball to work in blockchain. And I'm looking forward to sharing those episodes and much more with you. And before we go, ApogeeCrypto.com, A-P-O-G-E-E-Crypto.com, the best place for your real-time prices. And for your crypto taxes this year, go to CryptoTaxPrep.com and use promo code CRYPTO101 all caps for $101 off your crypto tax preparation this tax season. And I want to say thank you very much to Randy for editing this episode. We'll see you in next episodes of Crypto 101.